Hello and good morning, Ben. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Thank you for keeping the title of this book authentic. I mean, this is what we have had inside of our hearts since the first time that we even heard this song. You mean for keeping it authentic in the sense that this is what he means or just keeping the spelling correct? The spelling. The, absolutely the spelling because I was that jock on the radio that when I first picked up that 45 and I'm going what the hell is this and it's and then when you start listening to the song and you start going oh I get it this is original yeah he it's very funny he told me that the thought was to use those words mice and elf to represent humility because mm-hmm. they're small things so he at the same time that the song is an ego song you know it's about uh, me whoever the me is I want to be me I want to be more myself. You have to remember that you're you shouldn't get too big. There's always a counterweight, which is to stay humble and to stay small. How did he find that place in his heart to do that? Because I mean, I always heard the stories from Casey Kasem on American Top 40, where where a sly out on the road could sometimes be a little bit difficult. But then when you read this book, I'm going, no, nah, Casey, I think you had it all wrong, dude. Oh, I don't know if he had it all wrong. I think it's a mix. But I so he. In that time, it's sort of hard to imagine, and I think we really tried, and, and you know, to recapture that. It's it's not just to say this is what happened, but to try to capture the energy of what it was to be that person at that time. And it's almost impossible to think. I mean, I'm a writer. I stay at home. I talk to people. I write things. This is hundreds of dates out on the road a year. The most famous and the hottest act in the country, trying to hold it together trying to respond to the pressure of all the bookings, all the fans, all the critics, all the promoters, label pressure. And I think that the difficulty started there. I mean, some of it, some of it, he says, was nefarious by other people to some degree that when he started to miss shows, there would be these completion bonds where if he didn't show, money would change hands. Mm. And he believed that in some cases he was double booked, given wrong information, given information late so that he wouldn't show so that people, someone would pocket some money. On the other hand, drugs were a factor and then were increasingly a factor as the 70s went on. And I think, man, fame is hard. I mean, I've been joking. I, this isn't his opinion necessarily, it's mine, but that fame was the real drug and everything else was the antidote. Yeah, yeah. The journey to be Sly Stone. I mean, the exploration. Finally, we've got a book to hold on to, hold in our hands. And here's the reason why it's so important to me. Yeah, I can go onto YouTube and I can get old videos. I, I, I don't get anything from the videos. But this book, I can go back and I can do the paragraphs again and again so that I can really digest something that's been a part of my life for 50 plus years. Yeah, I mean, he. this is a story that he always wanted to tell. And, you know, when I came into the process... He was not, when I first came into the process, I had worked on George Clinton's memoir and George introduced me into Sly's camp. And this was 10 years ago, uh, yeah, around 10 years ago. And Sly was not in shape to work on a book. He wasn't even working on records because of the drugs, because of the lifestyle that he had lived through the 80s and the 90s. And in 2019, Arlene Hershkowitz, who had been Sly's girlfriend in the 80s and came back into his camp after decades she left got married started her own career and came back in to help him manage stuff because he trusted her she's the one who said he's ready and i will help keep him on track he he wants to do this book he's not joking you know you're not going to get difficult sly where you set up a time and he shows three hours late or you have to 
you know, he lets you in, but then locks you out of another door. He'll do it. He's ready. He's really going to do it. He wants to tell the story. And that was without those two endorsements, you know, those two trusted people, I don't think it would have happened. I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't have happened without George first and then Arlene second. So he was able to go back and reflect on things, tell the story, construct for people, as you say, an understanding so that you can kind of consult and see where was this guy in this phase? What brought him from here to here? Right, right. Did you get to see or fall witness to anything of any change when he was sharing this story? The reason why is because I believe as writers, we're freeing ourselves. We're cleaning out our internal closets. Did he, While he was sharing these stories, could you see his eyes lighting up with, man, I got a song I need to sing or I need to create something? Because I'm sure he's had all of this tucked away in his soul for decades. Yeah, he's been creating. I mean, his health is poor, which is one of the reasons that I'm here at all. When I do these books, I usually... My preference is to do them and get out of the way. It's yeah. not my story. I help to, you know, I help these people to write their books, obviously, and I'm important for. I'll, I'll make an outline at the beginning so we're missing nothing major. I'll walk them back through things. I'll bring in prompts because obviously memory is, you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing. I mean, people have been saying, well, how can he remember anything, you know, given all the drug use and that was not the case he remembers many things very well his memory is very sharp it's not about the drugs i don't in my opinion not really it's about time he's 80 years old so when you say to somebody oh let's go back and talk about the grant park show in chicago in 1970 sometimes they're right there other times you have to build the context around it like like it would be for me if you were asking me about the day before yesterday Mm -hmm. and so uh he lit up a lot there were things that he really wanted to get back to and clarify. There were things that were hilarious to him in remembering that there, he, even before I came on, he would like to go back and look at, as you say, some of those talk show appearances. Now that technology makes it uh, possible. There's a great talk show appearance with him and Muhammad Ali on the Mike Douglas show in 1975. And even prior to me, he would want to go back and think, well, what were the 70s? What, what was I... Like it was such a different feel. Your celebrities had political pull. They were public intellectuals. Mm-hmm. He could sit next to Ali and talk about the responsibility of a black entertainer to the black community and like a real serious, like, you know, like a William Buckley, James Baldwin type conversation, you know, on a talk show. And I think he missed those longer form conversations, being able to air things out and, you know, that time. So, yeah, I mean, I, there were a lot of those moments. Um, in terms of new material, I don't know if it inspired new material. I think his health has put that behind him. Mm. But yeah, I mean, he was he was thinking about everything as he was thinking about. Wow. When you say that you get the story and then you get out of the way, it still has to cling to your heart and soul. With what you've done with, with you know sharing the story of music and things, I mean, you're in the front row of music history. You, it, it's, I, I can't imagine what it does to your soul. I always say, you know, there's Stockholm syndrome where you become connected to your captor. Mm -hmm. It's not that because it's not a captive situation. It's some other city, the Copenhagen or Oslo syndrome or something. Someone else can invent it. But what happens is that you go into the cylinder of these people's lives as long as you're with them. And then what's very interesting is you have to get out because you have to go do new projects. You have to reclaim your own life. And most of these people are people who I had george clinton i did brian wilson's book with him i had so many thoughts and 
theories about them before I went in and you have to set all that aside. And then it's like when your foot falls asleep and it starts to come back, as I drift away from the actual book writing process, all of my thoughts start to come back in the blood flow, you know, resumes. And I have to set my own thoughts and theories against what I've learned from these people. So, you know, I had tons of thoughts about Sly before about him as an artist before I ever met him as a person. And so that process is, is an interesting one. I mean, it's, it's not complete yet in the case of this book, because it's still happening, but to try to think, Oh, well, I, I thought this, but obviously I was wrong. So now I have to think some other thing. <laughs> I love the way that you break down the chapters because I mean, I, I guess I'm one of those cheaters where I, I, I would go into a chapter. I thought, okay, I'm going to read here first and then I'll go back and see, you know, I'll, I'll connect the dots together from where it was to where it is. And, and, and you, you just make it very fun to explore as a reader. It's interesting in all these books that you, you have to try to structure them mm-hmm. because people's lives, you know, we're in the river of time or depending on what your philosophy of time is, but a book can't really, a book is not a minute by minute account. You have to make decisions with the person and there's an editorial team, a great editorial team. There's editors, there's, you know, as I said, Arlene is, is on this book. So you have to structure them. And so, right. In this book, it kind of is thirds. It's childhooded up to the edge of fame, the first third. It's the height of fame, it's a sec- the second third. And then it's this kind of long period that was not documented when he was an addict and he was out of the public eye and nobody knew what was happening to him and rumors were flying. And that's a very long period. That's from you know the 80s until a couple of years ago. Wow. So trying to structure those things, get that all uh, um, out of him, have him, be able to tell everything, both be in the moment. You know, when you write a memoir, what's very strange is that you're now and you're then. You have to both reflect on what happened, but also go back and try to put yourself in the moment because the whole thing can't be, oh, well, this happened and now I realize what it was. You have to bring, you have to bring readers back into the past yep. as well. So that doing that with someone, it's like being a super for a building that you've never been in and they give you the ring of keys. And you don't always know what's going to unlock which door, whether it's going to be a story that he starts with that I say, well, someone else had a different version and he gets mad and he says, no, no, this is what really happened. Whether he comes in with a joke, what, you know, there's just all kinds of ways in. Yeah, see, that right there, right right there is because interpretation is one of those things that I put a lot of focus on because of the magazines that we used to get, the Cream, the Rolling Stone, and we would interpret their stories, and then when we get the real story, we're going, dang, dang. And he also, I should say, it's really important because that middle third of the book, when he's so famous, he's being written about every day. This We're talking about from 69, 68, 69 to 74. He had his wedding on the stage at Madison Square Garden. So there's an extra part, too, where not only are you saying Dane, but he was hearing all the stories about himself, seeing all the stories about himself. So the 80-year-old guy looks back on what they were saying about the 40-year-old guy, the 35-year-old guy, and he gets to say Dane about himself. Mm. So there, and, and not to mention that just one other element is he created Sly Stone. He's Sylvester Stewart. Sly Stone, like Bob Dylan, yeah. is a created things so that hall of mirrors of well tell me about 1973 that is not a simple thing and luckily he's smart enough 
you know, he's one of the smartest people I've ever encountered to understand all the complexity. He invented it. So he's able to go to roll with that complexity. But yeah, it's not a simple thing at all. Do you think him becoming Sly Stone was him actually stepping into a role that each night when he hit that stage, he got to be Sly Stone. And then when he stepped off that stage, he could go back to being himself. I mean, that's part of it. I think Sly Stone started on the radio. He he was probably the most qualified, if there's such a thing as being qualified to be a rock star. It's him. Before he was ever creating Sly and the Family Stone, and I do want to briefly say the band, you know, this is his story. He's the name, but the band is so important. The band is his family, his siblings, other great musicians he brought in. There is no story without how great that band was. And I don't want them to be, even though this, this is his story, overshadowed or forgotten. It, it doesn't happen without that. But before he starts that band, he's a child gospel star that recorded a record even. He's a doo-wop star. He's a DJ on the radio. He's a staff producer for a record label. He's a staff songwriter for a record label. And he's a composition student at college. And that's all before he gets to be a rock star. So. So when he hits the air in San Francisco and they wanted him to be Sly Sloan, but he said, I can't say that. There's two SLs in there. Yep, yep, it's yep. not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slip every time I try to say that and fall and <laughs> people aren't going to hear it. You know. So he went into Sly Stone, invented this character for the radio. Not a character, a DJ. You know, it's, yeah. It happens all the time. And then that persona sticks and holds and he got to do voices on the radio he got to have different kinds of energy so when he builds the band which is this you know uh black and white male male and female all this freedom that's kind of uncorked he keeps all that he keeps that with him that multiplicity of voices in dance to the music there's a lyric listen to the voices and a lot of this is of course I, I wear two hats at this point. During the book, I wear one hat. I'm collaborating. Now that the book is over, two hats. Yep. As I say, I get to slide back into being fan me, critic me. I literally, I know you can't see, but I literally am wearing two hats now. <laughs> and, and so that idea of dance to the music, when he says, listen to the voices, and there's this vocal breakdown, I think it's more than that. I think it actually, he's saying, there are so many forces and voices that you have to listen to in society. It's not all about you. Right. You got to open yourself up. You, we all have to coexist. Do not shut yourself off. And I think his ability to very simply communicate very complicated ideas is part of what made him such a big star. Man, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall with him in that studio of that radio station. And the reason why is because every radio disc jockey thinks they're a rock star. We crank up that monitor. We're singing at the top of our lungs. And man, for him to even have that as a practice ground just just inspires the hell out of me. Yeah, he would do. I mean, he he was so innovative. The other thing is, and and I say this with all the affection, he's a glorious weirdo. He's a very (laughs) he's a he's a he's a singular person. The, the ideas that he had, the, the, what his willingness to drive until those ideas happened is sort of unparalleled. So he'd go and, you know, they'd be playing and he'd have a piano in the studio when the record was playing and he'd play along with it off air, sometimes on air and improvise and, you know, start to invent songs of his own because he was listening to songs. In a black format radio station, he'd play white rock artists that people sometimes were unhappy to hear, yeah. but he was happy to explain no, no, this is what I'm listening to. It inspires me. It opens my mind. There's more here than you think. And so 
I think what you're talking about is that playground of freedom and that creative control. Yep. Uh, being the radio DJ in that way that he did is sort of pure creative control. I guess the station manager could come in later and say, I don't like that traffic voice. There's a, a bit of tape that, that exists still. I think it circulates on YouTube where he has a female voice. He's announcing the Slystone fan club. <laughs> and then he kind of goes into this other voice. And yeah, it's all the things you would think. It's comedy, it's voice acting, it's you know audience control, it's self-control. They're just amazing documents. And then, as I say, that's all before he's the rock star. Right, right, right. Part one is a whole new thing. This is like one of the things I picked up on this right away was it's almost like once upon a time, but my way. And I and once I once I came across that, it's like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to really get into the storyline because I want to make it sound like and feel like that you're sharing a story with me through conversation. Yeah, and he, I mean, a lot of people have those origin stories. I mean, every celebrity, every star, every artist has an origin story. One of the things he said that I found so interesting is that the artists are antenna for the culture. And he said something, I'm paraphrasing, but you couldn't have been alive in 1968 and not made a record like Stand in 1969. Now, obviously, that's not true. He's the only one who did. But to see it that way is so fascinating. And I think what it meant is that you're the antenna for the culture. So you're one person passing through. But as you do that, you're collecting everything. Race is changing. How America dealt with race was changing. How America dealt with youth was changing. How America dealt with freedom was changing and money and politics and all these things. And you're him passing through it. You're just one person. But you have to think of these larger forces that are around you, that are shaping you. And so that is one of the things about a book at the time if you sat down this is what i was saying before about the 80 year old sly has to re-inhabit the 60 and the 40 and the 20. if you sat down 23 year old sly and you said okay let's do a kind of position paper what are you learning where are you learning it from and how is it going to matter later Mm -hmm. i believe he would say man i gotta go and he would just leave (laughs) because that's not his deal he girls to see music to make but you have to kind of meld that with the guy now who looks back at that guy and says, oh, no, I, I do see what I was learning from. Wow. We got pulled over and the band was mixed and they pulled my white girlfriend off to the side and they gave us a hard time. And so at the time, it was just a scary experience. But now I want to shade it with a little understanding of what was to come. And so these are all I'm saying it in this way. These are all sort of unspoken. Like I said, they're not necessarily analytical. He's not necessarily, I mean, I'm that person. I have to, you know, like do all this dumb thinking behind the stories that he's telling me. But yes, I mean, I think that's the challenge. Like you say, come along with me on the story and you will see me, but you will see the time of me. Wow. Wow. Dude, I tell you what, in listening to your voice, you sound like Don Kirshner. The, just the, the cadence, the, I mean, every, everything about you. I've just been sitting here thinking that I'm sitting here talking with Don Kirshner and the way that you have the passion for music. I mean, it's you got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Ben. The door is always, always going to be open for you. Well, thank you. Maybe I'll come back with uh, Ben Greenman's uh, rock concert <laughs> later on. <laughs> well, you be brilliant today, okay? Thanks. Have a great day.